by the resurrection. Uh, his love knows no limits, and his power knows no limit. And uh, we are here today, I hope you are here today as an expression of that, and we want to worship him today. If you are a guest, we especially want to welcome you to Northside Baptist Church. There's a portion of our, our bulletin that's a tear out there. We'd love for you to fill that out and place it in the offering plate or hand it to a minister at the door at the end of the service. Uh, but right now, we want, to, we want to take this time to just... Uh, Greet one another and uh, let them know that you're excited to be here today to worship with your brother and sister in Christ.
stand up and, and participate in the praise. We've already seen everybody do it this morning. And with the joy that they do.
Thank you so much. We're marching to Zion. worship you this fun day. Lord, please help us to go throughout our week, shining your light into the world. And Lord, please bless these tithes and offerings to further your kingdom wherever they go. In your name, amen.
rope, right? It doesn't really mean anything, does it? No. But you know what? What? Well, it could mean tug of war. That's right. Good. But, you know, did y'all have any trouble this week? No troubles at all? Something that went wrong at your house or at school or something you didn't like? Nothing at all? Nobody ever has any problems? No, nothing. Nothing so far? No. But you know what? Sometimes we have problems. It doesn't happen all the time. You know, and that just kind of ties us up, doesn't it? Don't you think so? When you have those problems, does it kind of just tie you up in knots? It makes you just keep going in circles? Yeah. When you get tied up, you have to go in circles. You don't know where to go because you're stuck right there when you get tied up. But guess what happens? When you have these problems, what can you do? Right, ask God to help you out. And what does he do? He cuts them away, doesn't he? Hmm? Is that right? So let's, let's chop that off real quick. It broke. So let's try it again. Because sometimes when we have these problems and we ask, we, we ask God to do stuff that's, you know, he can do anything, right? But you know what? Sometimes... We ask for the wrong things, and it just, we just messes up, okay? Just like I did that, but not always, because hopefully I can get it right this time, okay? If it doesn't work this time, I'm sorry. Okay, so we get all tied up in knots, right? And I don't think it's going to work either, but that's okay. Get all tied up in knots. You know what? When you get things that are bad sometimes, guess what happens? You got to put them in God's hands, right? So you put it in his hand, you start wrapping it up, and guess what? He just takes it all away. So there's no more of those troubles anymore in your lives. You know that? That's pretty cool, huh? So, but you remember that as you go through this week, that... Even though you may have some troubles or you may do things that you don't like or that you didn't have to do or you don't want to do, and there's tie you all up in knots, but you can give that to God and he'll take that away from you, okay? All right, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, thank you for another beautiful day. Every day in your presence, Lord, is beautiful. But we thank you that, that we, when we do have problems, that we're able to give those to you, give them over to you, and you'll take care of them. Um, don't do it selfishly, Lord, but do it because we love you and you, you know you love that you love us. Uh, Lord, keep each and every one of these kids safe as you go through the rest of this week. In your precious name, we pray. Amen.
Y'all can be seated. I'd like just to start off today just by praising God and, and uh, seeing some of the things that he has done in the last day or so. When I was asked to take the spot of this up here, uh, I got nervous. And then I saw God work through settling my nerves. That's number one thing. Number two thing is I prepared a sermon and Brother Curtis did not know what my sermon was all about. What have the songs been about this morning? They've been about heaven. I'm going to talk just a little bit about heaven. You talk about God working. I've seen him work already this morning in Curtis picking the songs that he picked to go along with what I've got to say this morning. Uh, if you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to the 21st chapter of Revelation. And let's look at verses 1 through 7. If you will, let's stand for the reading of God's word and in his honor. And it says, says this, When I saw the new heaven and a new earth, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no sea any longer existing. I also saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. He also said, Write, because these things said to me, Write, because those words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give water as a gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. The victor will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the beauty of it. Father, I thank you for these little ones as they've come this morning and sang for us how beautiful it is to see the little ones just praising you. Father, as we go through the rest of the service this morning, I pray that your guidance would be with us and let us just enjoy what your word has to say to us. And may you get the glory and praise from it all. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Don't be seated. Um, several years ago, as I was growing up, I, I know I would always look trying to find pictures of God. Well, you can't do that. And as I got older, I realized the Bible says that no one has seen God and lived. And so I stumbled across a little story the other day about a young girl who was in the, in the third grade. In that class, they participated in art. And this little girl, this little third-year-old third -year girl sat down and began to, to try to draw and she's probably kind of like me. I can't draw. That's the last thing in the world everybody wants to ever look at is what I've tried to draw. But anyway, she sat down and she was trying to draw, and her Christian teacher realized all of a sudden that this young lady was having a problem. And so she walks over to her and says, Honey, said, can I help you? Is there anything that I can help you with? And the little girl looked up at her for a minute and didn't say much, and she asked her again, said, What are you drawing? She said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher says, I don't think so, honey. She said, no one's ever seen God and lived. No one's ever seen him. And the little girl stopped for a minute, and she looked up at her teacher, and she says, well, they'll know what he looks like when I get through. You know what? We as believers are going to know what God looks like 
when we get through too. So thinking about all of this, I, I, uh, I stopped and I thought, well, you know, probably one of the best ways to look at heaven is, is to get some definitions in front of us and see what maybe, maybe what the world says about it. We don't really want to pay a whole lot of attention to that. Also, I have a book that is called the New Bible Dictionary. And so I looked into it for its meaning. And also looked into Webster. And Webster says this. Webster says that it's a, it's a spiritual state of everlasting communion with God. And I thought, well, Webster for one time has got it all right. It is a lasting state of ever communion with God because we'll be there forever with him. Those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we will be there and we will see what God looks like and see heaven itself. Then I looked on into the New Bible Dictionary, and this is what the New Bible Dictionary says. It says, It's the abode of God and those closely associated with him. So my question was, you know, who is it talking about? Those that are closely associated to God. Nehemiah shares a little bit of light on this. In Nehemiah 6, the ninth chapter, he says, You alone are Yahweh. You created the heavens, the highest heavens, with all their host, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You gave life to all of them, and the heavenly host worship you. So what he's talking about there is those who worship God there in heaven are the heavenly host. We may refer to those as angels. Uh, and we know for sure that there are angels in heaven simply because we have one that came and announced the, the birth of uh, John the Baptist. He turned around and he announced the birth of Jesus Christ, and that's Gabriel. So we know about that particular angel. We know that there are other angels in heaven as well. And so we, we think about all that. We think about uh, the people who are in heaven. We also know that there is an inheritance there for all who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, you know that you've got an inheritance in heaven because the Bible tells us that you have that. In fact, in, in 1 Peter, in his writing uh, about living hope, 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 4 says this. says, Praise the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Praise God. We have an inheritance if we know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So we see that heaven is the present dwelling place of God. That's where he dwells. Uh, and I certainly want to be there. I don't know about you, but I certainly want to be there. I hear so many things about heaven uh, that it makes my desire to want to be in the presence of God. And the older I get, uh, which you don't get much older than me is what some people tell me, but the older I get, the more I want to see my God, the more I want to walk on those streets with him. Uh, there's a song that the Inspiration Quartet has made real popular, and it became... It became my my favorite song. And in that song, it says that one day you will find me touring that city. And it goes on to say, with my friend Jesus. So one day you'll find me touring that city because I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Um, so heaven is the, is the dwelling place of God himself and ultimately will be where we will be as saints and believers because God has gone 
and prepared that place for us. And Jesus tells us about that in Matthew 14 and verses 2 through 3. And all very familiar scripture to all of us, used a lot in funerals, but a beautiful scripture if you listen to what it has to say. It says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Some translations say many mansions. It says, If not, I would have told you. He says, I go away and prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, so that where I am, there ye may be also. Praise God. Where he is, we're going to be also. So I can't help but praise him today for the things that I've seen, these young kids leading us in these songs, just beautiful, beautiful to watch children praise our Lord. Uh, we ought to have a little bit more praise in ourselves. We ought to have a little bit more energy maybe, uh, which we don't have when we get older, and so we slow down. But I watch these little kids get up here and see the blessings of them having the energy they've got to lead us. And I want to thank the ones who, who are in charge of those. Thank you all very much for doing that work with these young kids. Uh, we praise God for you all. That's a chore. We know it's a chore. But, but you know what? you got a reward coming. you got a reward coming. It's coming that day in heaven. you get paid for it all. And I praise God for that. Thinking a little bit further down in the scripture there, uh, what the Apostle John writes in the scripture, he says that, uh, I saw a new heaven and a, and a new earth coming down from God. Think about that for just a minute. A new heaven and a new earth. He says that all has passed away. The old heaven, the old earth is gone. I can't imagine a new earth. I tried when I was thinking about what to speak about today, I tried to think about, you know, a new earth, what would that be like? Uh, all of us like new things. I like new clothes, I like new cars, I like new houses. But yet at the same time, when we think about what God has created for us and the newness of it, there's no way in the world that we can ever realize what that newness is because it is so much greater than what we have here. And so John goes on to say that uh, it was prepared like the bride meet her husband I can't help but think back on the time that Tracy and, and uh, Beth my two daughters got married I remember the times of them spending looking for uh, dresses uh, I remember them choosing their hairstylist uh, even their makeup that they put on uh, their shoes their pocketbooks and everything that had to go with it. And I remember how beautiful those two girls were the day they walked those aisles. And I thought to myself, you know, whoo, these are two pretty girls. And I praised God for them. I praised God for them for another reason. It's because they're Christians, and I know they're going to be in heaven too. But, boy, they were beautiful. But you know what? Not near as beautiful as what God's going to create or what he has created for us nowhere near we can only imagine so then we see that splendor that he's doing for us and how beautiful that's going to be uh, if God made something how much more beautiful it is than what we can make we try our best but we will never ever be able to accomplish what God has accomplished this new Jerusalem uh, won't be like the one that we know of over in Israel now. Israel's Jerusalem now, and has been in the past, has been full of sin. Uh, sin and shame. Rebellion against God. But this new Jerusalem is not going to be that way. It's going to be pure and holy. There won't be any signs of any kind of sickness. There won't be any signs of any kind of grief. Uh, all of that is going to be put away. Uh, 
I think about different things that, that affect life and some of the things that we hear about our relatives and our friends and things and the diseases that they come up with. And, and you can't help but just stop and think that one day that will be no more because God said it's all passed away. I won't even have to wear these old hearing aids. And I praise God for that because I know that when I talk to people, uh, sometimes I, my wife tells me I turn around and walk off before they're finished because I don't hear them. And so I praise God that my old hearing aids are going to be gone and I'll be able to hear and praise God as, as, as he wants me to, not like I, uh, like I think I am in, in hearing different things. When we look on down, we look on down to verse 8 in our scripture today. God says it's finished. It is finished. He says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Think about that for just a minute. He has finished everything. Tribulation is out of the way. The devil has been put into the lake of fire. There's no more devil anywhere around. No one to tempt us. Only thing that we have is an opportunity to praise God. And that's what we'll be doing. But he also tells us in a verse or two prior to that, uh, uh, he tells us, well, let me back up there. In verse 8, he tells us who will not be there. He says this, there'll be no cowards there. The vile won't be there. Murderers won't be there. Sexual immoral people won't be there. Sorcerers, idolaters, and liars. And one other thing I skipped over particularly is the unbeliever. The unbeliever will not be there either. Only those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. We also see God talking about, a little further down, about the beauty of heaven. And there's no way in the world that we can know other than just John gives us an image that maybe we can take and put together and from that image see how wonderful and how beautiful heaven is when he talks about the foundations of the city will be adorned with every kind of precious stones. And I'm not going to take time to read those stones, uh, the names of those stones and everything, but the Bible does tell us that there's 12 gates there, and all those gates will be made out of pearl. Can you imagine a pearl that big and glorious? It also tells us that there will be a street of pure gold, like transparent glass. Um, I, I can't imagine. I don't know about you. I, I try. I try my best to imagine it. But God has given us some examples of what he has prepared for us so that when we get there, these things are waiting for us. Jesus tells us that he's going, he's just going to prepare it. He's going to come back and get us. Well, one day, he will come back. And when he comes back, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. Keep. The things of this earth are going to pass away. There will be no more ugliness. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more death. We won't have any more government shutdowns or thoughts of government shuts down because we won't have a government anymore and I praise God for that uh, but you know you think about all of this and you think about down in verse 21 the, the glimpse that God gives us of his glory and the glimpse he gives us of that beautiful city how marvelous uh, I don't have words to explain it uh, John tried his best by using the streets of gold and uh, pearly gates and, and uh, the beautiful stones that were used in, in, the, in the walls of the city and everything. But, you know, we, we cannot know exactly what it's going to be like. Isaiah 64, 4 says this. It says, No eyes have seen, 
no ears have heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him today? Have you accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior? If you have not, what better time is there than today to do just that? Um, in the song that the young girls sang, they had a little few words used there. It says, so will I. So will I. And I was sitting there thinking about those words, so will I. What came to my mind was this. Are we willing to do for Jesus what Jesus did on the cross for us? Are you willing to do what Jesus did on the cross for us? Are you willing to do that today? Jesus asked us all to take part in his work here on this earth and he's asking us today to do just that. So as I close out today, I've got two questions. One is for those who have not accepted Jesus Christ. Will you take Jesus in as your personal Lord and Savior today? If you don't know how, I'm asked BJ if he will to come to the front and stand here and wait for you. He will explain to you how that is done. Um, if you're a Christian already and things haven't been going quite right for you, might be time to come to the altar and get down on your knees and pray and ask God to forgive whatever has been going on in your life that maybe has caused the situations. So I ask you today to think about all of this. But most of all, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you have a reward prepared for you in heaven. If you have not, the Bible tells us that you will be placed in a lake of fire and sulfur. It's not a good place at all. So today is the time. Jesus may return tomorrow. And we need to be ready. Let's pray for a minute. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today. Father, I thank you that I know that a bunch of them here are Christians. I also know, Father, that there are a few here who have not accepted you. And Lord, I just pray for them today that you will let your Holy Spirit talk to them that they might open up to you, repenting of their sins and accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you now for this hour. We thank you for your blessings that's been here throughout the worship service. And Father, we just ask that you be with us now through the invitation. And Father, we'll give you the glory and praise for it all. Amen. Jesus today. Amen. I would ask if you would to please uh, look at your bulletin and pay attention to everything that is that is there. Uh, especially take note of the, uh, the, the 
the notice about our nursery workers. Uh, we're in need of a couple more nursery workers, and so would love for you. If you feel like the Lord is leading you to serve, then you're on the right track. If you don't think the Lord's leading you to serve, then we need to talk because God has called everybody to serve. And so uh, I would love to help you find a place to serve the church and receive that blessing that comes from serving. Um, so, so talk to me about that. Um, but uh, we'll have our regular activities this week, and so pay attention to your bulletin. Philip, if you would come and lead us in a word of prayer. As BJ said, thank you, Truman. That was a great message. Um, that lengthy of a discussion, I was just sitting there thinking about our old friend Anthony. Uh, those of you who didn't get to know Anthony, well, you, you missed out. He was a great man of God, uh, battled cancer for many, many years, the better part of his life. And anytime you'd ever ask Anthony how he was doing, it was always the same response. Those of you who knew him, what would he tell you? I'm fine. Because he knew where he was going was head and shoulders above this old raggedy world we're living in now. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the day that you've given us, Lord. Any day to worship you uh, is just invaluable. Uh, Father, thank you for allowing us to gather together, bear one another's burdens. Uh, Father, I pray that you'd be with us as we leave from here. Uh, keep us safe till we're able to gather together again. And above all, would our actions glorify and just project your name to the world. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.